Hi everyone, this is Luisa. Welcome to my podcast, Team Morrow. I know the name, it's kind of cringy, but it has a little twist, you know, a little quirky feeling to it. So I kind of like that and we all keep it for now. I decided to start doing a podcast series because I always listen to them whenever I can, like during a long car ride, if I were to go somewhere and if I'm in the shower, getting ready and all that. And they're honestly so helpful. I listen to a lot of like the lifestyle type of thing, like Emma Chamberlain. There's a bunch of, um, you know, about like teenage life, which is essentially what I'm doing. But there's also like a lot of very informative political ones. Like I listen to um, the podcast called Intersectionality Matters by Kimberly Crenshaw. And I listen to like Bernie Brown and all these amazing people, a lot of like feministic stuff. Because they're just so great to, you know, tune into other people's perspectives and immerse yourself with people's voices while, like, being occupied with something else, essentially multitasking. In the first episode, I want to talk about something that has been bothering me for the past 17 years of my life. And I know that it's going to be, like, an ongoing struggle throughout my life and the entire journey. And it will be the fact that I'm fighting my ways through invalidations. Um, it's just such a common element of our life to, you know, there's validations which is positive, oftentimes affirming, and it gives you confidence and it promote your self-esteem. But then the invalidations are pretty traumatizing and they sabotage everything that you've been establishing. So I want to share some of my past experiences and how... I've attempted to find ways to navigate around um, these issues and eventually like what advice I have to offer to people who are like me, who are pretty hypersensitive about the outside voices, who have an intention of creating a good mental balance and, you know, take care of your mental well-being, but have never truly gained the, I guess, opportunity to really work on that. Um, But yeah, it will be like almost me conducting a therapy to myself but looking back to my past in my life there are a few different types of invalidations um the first one and the one that i think it's pretty prominent it's from family members and in my case is mostly just my one parent because that's the only person i live with um occasionally i get other invalidations from like elderly people like grandparents but We only get to talk online because we don't live together in the same country in person. So I barely ever get to see my grandparents. I mean, it's been three years, but like with my mom, um, most of her invalidation comes from the fact that we do have a really big generation gap. It's like, you know, three decades, but also we grew up in different culture and us being immigrants just make life drastically different from you know the way she had to spend her teenagehood versus me now in you know the post 2020s america so oftentimes um for a lot of my passion that's artistic she definitely hold this long-existing asian american prejudice that like artistic things don't really root in a future like you can't pursue it to a very successful extent even though 
you want to stick with it at an early stage. So whenever I have shows, like she would always ask me why you didn't get to be the lead, why didn't you sing this and that instead of saying, wow, you did such a great job tonight. Um, I'm so proud of you for going the whole way through. So this like opposite mindset can really drag me down and especially when I'm ex- exhausted physically and emotionally, all I want to hear, it's so simple, it's just I'm so proud of your com- accomplishment, I'm proud of the young woman you've become and these things are really hard for you know, an Asian parent to say and that's one aspect. The other aspect is that I became afraid to talk to her about my opinions and like my political stance because she would always just like respond everything I say by saying that I'm too naive. I don't really know the truth about the world. The world is actually way darker than I ever imagined and that I shouldn't invest too much time in like reading global news because it's only going to drain me out. But what she doesn't understand is that I want to be an informed citizen and that's what matters to me like it's not something that people are pressuring me to do i automatically want to understand the current events because i just find them very critical and i want to you know make academic like research and investigations on them so it gets really frustrating when she just um use her adult vision of the world to restrain what i'm capable of understanding like we have very opposite stances on a lot of issues like human rights you know equal rights and these things so i'm afraid to tell her how i truly feel because then all i get is very scornful comments and that's pretty painful i think my way of navigating through that is i just chose to start you know sharing these thoughts with more like peers and friends who are my age who align with me um, ideologically so that we can have very healthy debate and sometimes discussions but not one side just holding dominance over the other and you know potentially having a power imbalance which is literally what majority of politics is about it's about this image of you know things not matching up to each other and hence the, the discrepancy becomes issues like poverty and all that so I could say in a way like your relationship with your parents reflect the most fundamental phenomenons of society is just it's a microschism of what we witness on a larger scale and you if you like overlook the way you're unvalidated then it might not be so healthy because it takes away your privileges to be susceptible to what's going on around the world so it starts with protecting yourself and standing up for yourself and it ends with you know you being the force of change and being the leader for a greater group of people so i'm not saying that you have to argue with your parents or your family members every time you guys come to a disagreement and they just validate you based on your age or your education level or your grades and these things but um more information is always like the better equipments for you to see the world through different lenses so that also reminds me the next time maybe if my mom starts saying that i'm really innocent i'll just have to stick it through instead of like rebottling with her i'll just you know 
look more into why does she have the motivation to argue that I'm wrong and that her stance is correct. There has to be a reason why there's such like polarity that exists and maybe I could put myself in their shoes and think about how, okay, like the elite class would look at things the way that's different from, you know, middle class people and in a way, as a business person, she may have gained that normacy that as a student I don't have access to so that's one and then the second type of invalidation is from my peers um or you know my schoolmates and friends and that's what I'm the most caught up with at the current stage of life I would say just because I'm surrounded by my friends and peers constantly and a lot of my teachers have once advised me to not look for their validations because you know, naturally not everyone's on the same maturity level, even we're the same age, and their opinions can only impact my very short year and a half until high school is over, and then I'll get to live in adult life where people will think and speak more considerate, but at the current moment, I care about peers' validation so much that um, if someone shows like remotely a sign of disapproving me in front of me or say speech that makes me feel like I have been discredited, then I'll think about it throughout the entire day. Like every five minutes, it'll pop up in my head and then I'll debate over it. Okay, how do I fix this to prove to them that I'm worthy of compliments or worthy of recognition? How do I, you know, put myself out there? How do I expose the positive sides of me and sometimes I even think oh maybe I should apologize for not meeting up to what they've expected or what they think it's the common thing which is totally stupid because my tendency to apologize to like make apologies is just me being vulnerable and um having this like tenderness for way too long and there's really nothing to say sorry for like it's their limited sites that cause them to constantly discredit other to find confidence for themselves if they're very insecure about their accomplishments then that emotion can deflect into people around them and then oftentimes i become the victim of it um but ultimately you know it's up to me to take it or leave it but amongst these invalidations there's one type I find really interesting and I don't think it's been talked about enough. I just hope that we could bring out more because it might be like a solution to cognitive therapy, you know, behavior therapy where you look at realized scenarios and you find response to these crises. I'm by no means familiar with like the psychological practices and these, you know, fields of like mental, um, treatments but that's just based on years of experience of going to therapy that's something that I've collected um it's about how you know if you are invalidated by other people that for me that's it's like sisterhood wound like girls that I consider as close friends or mentors or you know any female figures that's close to me in life that's different from my parents and family who give me this you know, stare or this, like, being looked down on 
it feels very different from just being validated by a male figure because let's be honest, that happens to everyone when you're in a woman trying to make work out there. It's just almost inevitable for men to start taking a superiority over you because that has been the norm for the past seven of years. They're always going to um, seek for ways to you know, exert their dominance. But between women and women, it's a much different case because support makes allies and allies make the community grow stronger. And when we have this internal jealousy that's conquering our minds, there's no way we can build a healthy and prospering community. So for me, whenever literally friends my age, like we spend, you know, almost like eight hours a day for like years together and they would say things that make me feel like my efforts are wasted and especially when they just fail to like sympathize with my struggles I get really upset because I'm disappointed in the time that I've invested to gain closer connection with them like it seems like they were hit or miss and clearly when they invited in me it missed because me talking about my struggles is not even complaining or whining it's the fact that I want to make my voice heard by someone that would genuinely care like I don't need you to you know give me like monetary frowns or you have to take care of me by feeding me on the bed it's not that it's just it would be really nice if you say something like oh I've never thought that you were going through this I'm really sorry that you have to put up with this but I appreciate your strength your courage like People don't understand the magic that these words hold because they're actually so powerful. Um, which is why I think I'm gonna start saying them more often to my friends. Like if they next time someone come to me, I'll be like, Okay, so you're obviously defeated. We have a few different solutions here. One, I can help you with the situation for whatever I have. Like if I have any resources, if you just need another person to um, go up with you so that you feel like you're not alone or if you just want you know hugs and like cuddles and just very sweet physical expressions or if you want me to um, give you more companionship over the next few days so that you know you're never left alone you know that someone cares about your well-being so much to the point that they want to spend every second of their day with you so that's in a way my expectation to people around me but I can't really enforce it on them because they have the freedom of choosing whether they want to practice validations or invalidations but just particularly sisterhood wound is something that I feel like as a young woman I know I might never be able to step out of in the long run because the chemistry and the dynamics between women are just so peculiar like we think of each other as competitors we think of each other as um colleagues but also sometimes you know we could fight over one man or particular romantic pursuit and then sometimes we could fight over very limited opportunities and very um insufficient resources because the rest were all dedicated to men so that unhealthy nature, that indicative, like, targeting nature 
um, push us to the cliff and it's up to us if we can hold on to the cliff and not fall to the abyss or if we just let ourselves indulge because it's easier to not have to think about kindness and sympathy constantly it's not, it's easier to you know go the shortcut and not practice validations to everyone around you especially women who need your help so that's just something to mention and then i guess here i could interject another type of very specific invalidations that i feel but it really doesn't come up that often um i've only had it very few times in my life but i can still remember them vividly because they were just like very monumental moments most notably what it is is that it's invalidations from people who you have romantic attraction to it actually hurts a lot because whenever at least for me if i have you know a prospect then i would try my hardest to present the best side of myself in front of them and even then if they were still disappointed in thinking that i'm not worthy of their love or compliments or appreciation like mutual mutually then that would just mean that they're either short-sighted or that it will never be a match because i will never be i will never fit into their boxes even though they clearly fit into mine because you know i have feelings for them so in those scenarios i have not done anything else but to give up in a very passive way and i would love to start experimenting something else that's not just sitting around and letting the heartfelt like the heartbroken feeling go by each day and and like sometimes even when month after they've invalidated me about you know my external appearance my beauty my personality the way i talk my like communication style even month after they've critiqued on those things when i see them again my heart would still feel kind of stabbed like the scar would just start bleeding again and then it takes another few weeks for it to heal and it's just kind of like a repeating process um but it's not supposed to be that deep like let's be serious i didn't actually date any of them it it, because it didn't work out because they would you know find ways to invalidate me by saying that oh sorry like you're not the most flirtatious individual hence i don't feel the excitement in our situation or that you well honestly like a lot of time i think it's because i'm you're like you they would say you're so devoted and what you're passionate about that you wouldn't have time to leave any room which is that is a very fair statement but it still feels like i'm at the being the wrong person by sticking with my hobbies which i would advocate it's what you should do as well like every human being deserves to be almost obsessive over their you know love for certain things because that's what motivate you to become better each day but honestly it just these invalidations are always like on at the back of my brain and i just need well some some of my friends say i just need a better relationship in the future so that they could all go away um but that's more like sugarcoating something deep down that once had very big impact on you and sugarcoating in general it's not 
very healthy. It's a trap that we easily step into. But yeah. And then the next type of validations I have experienced, especially in the last year, come from the professional workspace environment. And you could say, you know, they're professional critique. They're just people with more experience and skill sets giving you advices and suggestions. But it doesn't always come across that way, especially, you know, for a young adult to do something that is usually dominated by adults. Um, you're already being mm, isolated regardless of your actual performance if you're an outstanding candidate or not so in my case I would have to say like in my opinion creativity is never determined by age like you could be a 12 year old and have better writing inspirations and vision than someone who's 30 just due to your personal experience and your voice and how you shape your stories you know so to me like having the determination to work and not in a competition with other adults but seeking for their mentorship feels really exhausting because you can't ever tell if they were just trying to be kind or they're genuinely trying to you know like push you down um you would think oh why would they ever do that they don't care if a 17 year old is successful or not but maybe subconsciously they too exceed like place an expectation on you that reflects their own mindset and their own career goals and things like that but in a professional workspace environment i think um not feeling embarrassed it's a very hard thing like i constantly feel like i want to dig a hole in the ground and just hide in it because i would say things that are not so accurate i would say things that make me sound very ignorant and then i would feel so bad and so ashamed and then you know i would always correct myself and i and i would ask so how can i do better like what should i do next time like what is the lessons learned here but even then, what I did cannot be erased and they will always remember me for the embarrassment I've caused instead of my tendency to correct myself later. And that's just so hard. So I've decided, you know, one day when I get into college, if I become a mentor figure for someone who's like 15, 16, then I will give them all the support I can to make sure that they feel uplifted as young artists because then that's the only way they can continue with this very difficult career um so yeah i live to see the day i have that credentials but first i will need to be credited myself like at this stage um which it's a whole thing on its own just you know having enough recognition so that you would seem to be like what is that word like when you get the little green tick on instagram you're um certified so yeah being certified artistically is pretty like standard rigorously limited thing um but that's the industry standards nowadays so i guess there's no way out but to follow it and then the last type of validation i want to talk about is the validation from myself which is 
actually a product of all the type of outside voices I have talked about previously because it's not that I genuinely want to be an enemy of myself. It's not that I want to lecture myself and be like parenting myself, you know, because I want to love myself. I want to be my own best friend. I want to be my own lover to the point that I don't need someone to love me to still feel like I'm emotionally prepared and sufficient. But it's hard when you antagonize and you kind of split your perspective until you're looking at yourself in the mirror, but you're judging the person you see. And that in your subconscious mind, you assume that that is another unanimous subject in its own and not you as in someone you embody and someone that lives in your heart and your brain and your physical being if that makes sense like that i think that's why a lot of like body dysmorphia comes from because when i look at myself in the mirror i you know the first thing i notice uh, oh it's my skin tone which okay what does it mean like it brings me a lot of troubles and it makes me feel a certain way and it puts me to this group in society it categorizes me and it make me become distinct from other groups and it then in terms i'm treated differently that's one thing i see okay well obviously i don't appreciate that because i want to be accepted i want to be respected and loved and not pushed to the side door because my like skin pigmentation so that's the most obvious thing that i get to see because like our skin covers our blood and you know muscles and then the next thing i see okay that's there's my face my face that is very strictly defined by a certain beauty standard that i wanted to prescribe to yet never fit into my face that make me feel like a mediocre and you know just like I don't even have the courage or the time to put on makeup and get ready every morning because I just tell myself there that it doesn't make a difference like spending an extra 20 minutes to put on foundation mascara do my brows and um you know cover the very few spots that I have like it does not make a difference because my friends who genuinely love me would not love me any less for the acnes I have and people who don't love me would not change their opinions even if they see my skin is flawless so then I just stopped getting ready unless for special occasions and at the end it only like suck up to myself because I don't feel as delicate anymore I don't feel as being you know pampered as much anymore and so ultimately whenever I do feel like getting ready it should be serving my own goods and not to look hot per se like (laughs) in quotation marks so that's the facial part of my body dysmorphia and then you know obviously like body shape and my weight gain is another big part of how um i start invalidating myself because when i'm doing sports i just feel like i'm being stared at by other people who do the same sports because it's so rigorous and it's all resilience based as a complete mental thing like my sport it's not skill based whatsoever and then you would think wow if you don't need 
skills like soccer where you know i'm trying to think of another very delicate skill-based sport like mm, i guess swimming well not really mm, maybe like archery or you know ice skating it's not like those it's just if you have legs you can run so you would think well then the shape of my legs play into that the shape of my waist my arms the the how much i weigh it would impact my speed therefore i have to change it for the better and then like coach another professional would say okay your diet has to be strictly restricted you have to make sure that you're consuming what's best for the career but not what's best for your brain and your you know like happiness level essentially so then whenever i go to a competition i'll just look around everyone's in like tank tops and shorts and i was like oh okay that's what i'm living up to because if i have the exact same shape as this person does then i will have the speed that they do and then i can be proud of myself by then i will be allowed to be proud of myself because i'm not dragging the team down anymore i'm not being the slowest person just because i'm i have i'm more heavy like i'm more weighted um or i don't have enough you know muscles in a particular area usually like legs and thighs and stuff so that type of body dysmorphia it's so vicious um and i'm not saying that this is completely scientific but maybe sometimes not looking in the mirror at a very high frequency can actually be a solution because if you don't see a reflection of yourself then you would know that you are criticizing literally your own and not another being and maybe that will make you kinder and more accepting but that's just a theory i still need to test that out honestly um so all the invalidations i've mentioned above they are definitely rooted in your insecurities and you know the very messy thoughts that you have in in your brain and when they become an issue when they actually stop you from pursuing what you love when they actually make you become less productive like you can't get any work done because all you think about it's the one sentence someone said to you 10 hours ago about how you are not as good at this thing as you think you are potentially suggesting that you're you know like bragging or you're um you have your two self proceed i don't know what the word is um you think too highly of yourself if someone suggested that and you keep thinking about it putting it at the back of your head then the invalidation becomes um literally obstacles and then next thing you know if you sink into the negative cycle the more you become susceptible to or susceptive to invalidations the more you refuse to adjust certain aspects and the more you go down by literally proving to them that you're incapable of um picking yourself up from the ground so we don't want to you know let other people dictate our image we don't want to unconsciously follow their instructions of our life and live up to the version that they've 
created just because you're in a place of competition or for whatever other reasons that's so unindependent of us we don't want that we want complete autonomy complete sovereignty over our decisions our plans for the future are the executions to our plans hence our actions and that could be shined through every aspect how you talk to people next time like if you receive criticism how you bounce back or if you genuinely feel like the invalidation has to do with your something you've done wrong then you know make it better make a peace offering negotiate a solution by first appealing to the side and admitting a mistake that you've made if you do consider it a mistake and from there you will be able to really grow as a person and improve and that's more valuable than sinking in the pain which i do very often because to be honest i'm addicted to being a victim i love complaining i love telling stories of me going through very extreme circumstances and things that people wouldn't necessarily relate to because they're not placed in the same situation they they don't face the same like whether it being difficult conditions or just challenges from forces that you don't have control of i love talking about them and sharing about it even like sometimes overshare to people i just met because i thought wow this is the perfect way for you to know me because now you know that i have been defeated numerous times but i still stood up therefore i'm a strong person but now that i think of it what if they only remember the part about having those bad experiences and then they would associate with me someone who simply struggles and that's all um there's nothing to be ashamed of for struggling but you indulge in victimhood and you would tend to like exaggerate things for their actual existence and their significance like that's literally a billy alish lyrics from the album happier than ever in this song that i really love called getting older she talks about how getting older um things she was once enjoyed just keep her employed now and she always make things sound worse than they actually are i think that's very common among teenagers because we need attention and being melodramatic is the perfect mask for us to scream loud without physically screaming loud i think that's a really good analogy um and some people just automatically consume attention wherever they go it could be you know their charisma like their character the way they look or certain factors that play into the role but for me i feel invisible all the time hence i ask for attention hence i use stories of struggles and the issue is that the more i use it the more meaningful they actually are like actually not the less meaningful they actually are the less they actually are associated with better development and more they're just you know a face mask that i put on so and i just oh i just remember another point being that if i often brings up my struggle then it becomes less 
significant to the people who actually have worse struggles that they're not willing to open up to because if I make myself the center of all resources and attention then they deserve to have more support because even if I have it bad I don't have it worse than everyone it's only it's all on relative scale and it's only a comparison if you make it a comparison so I think the ultimate conclusion that we're getting out of this episode is that really don't let invalidation stop you and even when your surroundings are giving you such signals you have to be your own therapist because your actual therapist can't be present in your life for every second um and that's how i feel like when i go to my therapist i'm not actually sad anymore so when i talk about these things i can be very fair and objective and totally um like conscientious but when i live in the moment nothing can actually pull me out of it unless it passes by itself so i found a few resources online of people saying that you know invalidation is kind of an abuse in a sense so don't let other people be the abusers because who gave them the entitlements to stand higher on a higher moral ground than you like they're not better than us they're just more aggressive than us and that is never a armor they should put up to stab against someone else so yeah um a few sentences that you could use when you are stuck in a situation like that is by saying that even when you don't feel okay even when you are struggling that's still perfectly acceptable because even when I joke about Phoebe Bridges' lyrics, Jesus Christ, I'm so blue all the time. I am, but it doesn't mean every second. It's always in a high and low. It's a spectrum. It's a continuum. So enjoying the moments when you're not as blue. Enjoying the moment when you're not chronically depressed and anxious because they remind you of why you're worthy of living. And when you do feel chronically depressed... There's solutions for that. It's a stage just like all the other stage. And you know, for people who act to actually recognize that they've been invalidated, it takes a lot of hyper-awareness. And when you are hyper-aware, then it means your heart is big. And your heart is big, then it fits everyone in it. Like, you are so loving. Because if you start paying attention to the details, it means that you're actually capable of spreading this love to other people around you who deserve it and then you'll be the supporter for a bigger community you'll be the person who start changing the negative environment and the toxic atmosphere you'll be the person who's spiritual leader not in a cult but in a you know modern highly civilized world so it just takes a certain amount of steps to go from a vulnerable person who's utterly defeated to a goal-driven community leader who has untraditional leadership skills 
because you make yourself responsible for helping others and not not guilt tripping yourself but giving you the you know obligation as if it was invalidation so i think discomfort makes you stronger and that's it that's what i want to talk about in this episode it it is very generic and i feel like most of the content i've spoken is very vague just because i don't want to give up too much information about myself yet but there should be better or more specific content coming up like i really want to talk about i want to you know make podcasts about my asian american experience because well in general in the whole world people just need to hear more but particularly like representation um because podcast is very healing and you deserve to have healing that play tributes or that is in regards to this specific ethnicity and national origin and race and then the other part is that i want to spend a lot of time talk about like my female experience and come into peace with my femininity and having this like gender identity awakening and how that has impacted my way to approach everything like i think it would be very powerful for us to use this platform to talk about a lot of global controversies that i am very up to date to that i pay attention to um because that's a healthy way to promote changes like the only way you could actually make the government become more aware of putting forward new legislations and policies is if it's given enough public awareness that they don't address it they would fail as an institution you have to give them this certain amount of political pressure for them to act upon it and i would love to be <laughs> part of the public pressure committee or you know the, the media just to spread it faster quicker more effectively so there's that side and i would love to talk about the books that i've read because i feel like on an own it would it would be a way for me to read more it would just encourage me to always delve into new materials step out of my comfort zone to read different genres and different authors from different time periods um plus i just started this really cool project that i could talk more in depth with but it's basically a project where i would read books that were banned in certain points of history in different nations because um i got this tote bag that has a lot of banned books titles on it and i was like okay i have to go through each of them and find out why they were banned because i want to know like seeing changes of you know better acceptance and less like censorship those are very positive trends and i want to analyze why that has come to a place so i've been reading bin books and i just think that they're absolutely eye opening and honestly like to me with the modern standards there's nothing about them that's so um obscure or like so surprising so shocking that they cannot be read by a young adult because i find them perfectly appropriate honestly so books will be a thing that i'm going to negate over and over 
and I think it would also be really cool if I get to share about my creative journey and how I find writing inspirations, how I can use music and theater, these forms of art to heal through very critical stages of change in my life. And the podcast, you know, is another form of music in its own because, like, you listen to the vibrations of people's voices that give you a certain emotion or feeling, and it just like it actually. Make you feel less alone, and that's the point. <laughs> that's the purpose. So, I guess that would be it for today's episode.、Um, I'm not sure if I can actually update regularly, but we'll see what happens. Bye.